Wow. Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and my friend, Jeremy, the mad scientist. I just finished the interview and let's just say that I'm really excited to see my friend grow. It's been five years. And as we get into in the interview, I share a lot about what life was like five years ago when we had first met for both him and myself. And so this is the first time we've seen each other even spoke in all that time. But it's very interesting. Jeremy is up to some world-changing, universe-changing stuff. And it is a lot to process. Yet at the same time, it's probably more simple than my own brain wants to make it. This is very interesting. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Some of it may be over your head. It was over mine. But there is a basic understanding. And one of the things that we get to do in this interview or conversation is I get to, he gets to speak his language and I speak my language and we find out just how closely aligned we are. And it's really interesting to see this dynamic play out. And it happens a few times in the interview or conversation. I don't know if it's a real interview. It's truly a conversation. So welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. Thank you for being here. This is a lot of fun. So be sure to share it with friends. Also, thank you so much for your support of the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. That, of course, is my wife and I's nonprofit media organization. And uh, we are just extremely grateful for all of the support, the donations that are helping fund our mission there. And of course, everyone that signs up for any of my services at joshuatberglund.com, that's media company in a box, media and company in a box for teams, shadow CEO. There's, and then we also have the new media membership consulting or consulting membership that's on special until January 1st. So thank you again for being here. This is a lot of fun and just really grateful for all of your support. God bless you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am so excited to welcome my friend to the broadcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure for me to introduce to you, Jeremy Lasman. Lasman, I know you in my phone and I've known you now for, gosh, it's been like five years, I think. You're in my phone as the mad scientist because every conversation that we've had through the eyes that I was looking at you back then, I was like, this dude's wow. so far over my head, he's the mad scientist. It's like Doc Hollywood, the cooler. But I never really was not on the same wavelength of what you were talking about because the place I was in my life, I was in just coming into my own of self-discovery and like really learning who I was. And of course, this has been a wild journey since we last saw each other in Los Angeles. But before we get into this conversation, man, I, I'm so honored to have you here. But what are you grateful for today and why? Man, I tend to go towards a simplicity there just because there's a lot of different ways to answer that. But I just love to just go to the breath. I'm just grateful to be breathing, to be alive, because 
with all the complex, like I'm a very, as you say, mad scientist, like all over the place. I, I'm very sensitive to energy, to collective, to a lot of the noise. I can be very overwhelmed by that. And always coming back to that breath is such a huge reminder for me. So I'm always grateful to say <laughs> the breath, <laughs> to be breathing. <laughs> and that's taken on, it's interesting because normally somebody had said that. And the last time I interviewed somebody who said that, which was just three interviews ago, oh, man. I normally would be like, that. what a cop out, breath. But I get it now. Like I'm starting to really understand just how important that breath is. We, I get it. Okay, we got to breathe. No kidding, dummy. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But that breath can be the world's greatest medicine. Like, what, regardless of the situation you're in, breath mm. almost has the answer, which is really amazing to think about. We have such a simple thing that's always with us, at least we hope so, and yet yeah. we take it for granted the most. Why do you yeah. think that is? Because it's automatic. It's autonomous. It's... The taking it for granted, it is the given. It's all if you're looking at it like a math problem, right? It's the given, and it's the easiest to assume is always or always going to be there for all of our life, and it's always been there. But then you think about the opposite of that. What with like withholds our self from the breath, the skepticism and the like, like you said, but it, thinking about what that resistance is to how powerful it can be when you actually slow down. And there's so much resistance to slowing down and to just being and doing nothing but just being conscious of the breath. And when you think about it from that opposite side of like how much resistance and how much distraction and noise out there that's trying to get our attention and the marketing entertainment and advertise like all of it is just trying to get you out of your body it's trying to get you out into the world in that sense and when you think about that as like this resistance to this simplicity there you can see why it's so important and powerful to slow down because it, it gets you present it gets you there i yeah I don't even know why I asked that question because it, while it seemed obvious, it's really not so obvious the answer. And yet, and it's, it's almost like it's a paradox because it is so simple. It is so convenient. It's always there. Yet we often take it for granted. Don't think about it. We're not aware. Sometimes you said out of your body, mm -hmm. that's the very thing that would bring me back. That's the very thing I think about my journey and healing through disassociative identity disorder and mental health issues, how breath has actually played such a vital role in me healing and yes. retraining former triggers, re-trigger, re-reframing different situations that even in the moment of if I feel attacked where I, or if I'm wanting to lash out and attack, it's amazing how a simple breath can take that away.
it's just, I don't know. I, and I don't want to spend this freaking conversation with you talking about breath, <laughs> but it really is more profound. And like I said before, I would have just dismissed that as a generic gratitude thing, but really it, it's such a gift to have it. And there's layers to it. Anyway, so mm-hmm. you're doing something. You've always been up to some amazing things. And I think the last time we talked, we were sitting, I think we were having coffee in Beverly Hills or West Hollywood. I believe it was Beverly Hills. And uh, Josh, I love that little store. I can't think of the name of it, but I love that area. We sat yeah, down and talked. And you were in the middle of something that seemed outer world worldly. What I mean by that is, it didn't belong on this planet. It just, it was like it belonged on another planet. Yet at the same time, it had everything to do with this planet. And, but you were just thinking on adapt. Some people think about their communities. Some people focus on their state, their city, their country. You're thinking from a, like, from a outer space down. <laughs> so this, I've noticed now after following your journey a little bit. Yeah. And in what you're doing now, and again, I don't understand it, and I want you to talk about it, but it seems like this gigantic, massive vision that you've had has now become manageable to where it's still really freaking big, but now you have it on a website laid out, so it's now digestible by the common folk like myself. Would, you, know, would wow. you care to explain what you're up to and how your organization is changing the world right now? Wow. First, talk about gratitude and appreciation. Thank you for reflecting the, the story there. The, you said five years ago, we're talking here. And so you just put into perspective the evolution, the growth, and the progress in such a, uh, a new light for me. Wow. Yeah. I think you, the way you put that where... It has been this process, this unfolding of actually landing the vision on the planet, landing my inventions on the planet. That's really where it comes down to. And then over the last year or so, as as we've pulled back the curtain and gotten out of stealth and being being more visible, it's really been really refining communication and being able to communicate about it and not just be up in outer space and talking where it's, I don't, okay, cool. I don't understand it, but cool. So yeah, for the last, depends on when you want to consider soul's work, the start point, it's hard to gauge. But in a company sense, for the last three years, we've been building this research and development organization to really, again, land my soul's work. And I call my soul's work imagination technology. It's this invention that helps people to, it's the secret to to consciously evolve faster. And conscious evolution is when one takes the reins of their own evolution and starts to have more active participation instead of evolution being this external force of nature on the human species. It's this wonderful opportunity 
epic opportunity that we have now to actually have a say in our own individual evolution as a species. And it's we the opportunity has never been in our intelligence to do this on the level that it's available now. And I want to share my invention to help people to do it faster, to help people really healing. I think that's where we work together. I think you were in one of my early, early courses yeah. uh, on passion and you had some really cool breakthroughs on the mental Ill, illness, if I could say that. I don't know you can speak bluntly because to be honest with you, Jeremy, I don't, I remember that conversation because I was really excited to do this interview with you or this conversation really. And yeah. I was telling my wife about it and just the place I was in then. But to be honest, I don't remember, I remember certain things from back then, but I was also in a very raw state because I just got out of jail again. I was facing five years. My life had been a complete wreck. I just got on being homeless. Like I was in my, I was just starting to crawl again when we sat down and had that conversation and I was wounded. I was carrying yeah. a lot of still shame and guilt. I, my identity was screwed up, meant the mental health stuff. I was a wreck. I had no control, self, and had no self-control, no really power over my own thoughts. I was in the early stages of mastering my own mind. And, yeah. Um, but yeah. I will. The reason I remember the conversation is because it's simple. And I remember it being such a simple thing. Yet at the same time, I didn't think of it on my own. And you helped me navigate a very tricky path that I was trying to navigate. And those meetings, those just, it wasn't a lot. It was just a couple of times that we had talked about this. But yes, it was a very substantial breakthrough that allowed me to keep on going, to push through for the next stages of my journey. And if I didn't have those conversations, yeah, I can't say that I would be here right now doing what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah kudos yeah. to what you're doing. Even though I don't really understand all of it. it yeah. It was, it helped me a lot. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, that, go ahead. That, I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah. That's definitely great to hear that. So we've been doing research and development on the imagination and when you really like take that in and in the full gravity of that as you said it's for humanity for the human species and i want to like pause here and ask you ask you a question so i can get on terms here because how how do you define passion Man, you know what? I've never actually thought about that because I've always had it. I'm like, I'm constantly that two-year-old at Christmas. I get, I'm excitable. I'm 42 years old now. I don't have the energy that I used to have, which is probably a good thing. But I'll tell you one thing, I still get as excited and, and geeked out. Any, if I can see a breath of hope, I'm excited. Because I then I believe it's a possibility. And I'm mm. a big dreamer too. I have a big, wild imagination. So I've gotten in so much trouble in my life. I thank, I thank God that my heart is different now. But 
<laughs> I've always been passionate. I was passionate about being a chem sex addict. I was passionate about all the evil I was doing. But when I changed my life and changed my heart, became very passionate about good. I, I'm also very fortunate for me that I, I recognize my gifting, that we're all given gifts when we're born. I recognize mine and I really love my gift. My gift allows me all day, every day to get to do something special and unique if I choose to. I always have that opportunity and I'm grateful for that. So I can't give you a definition for it because I was born with it. It's almost like breath. Yeah. It's in my DNA to be super, super excited. Now, the flip side about this is when shit hits the fan, I first, my first immediate reaction is, and then I get excited again because I love fixing things. So then I'm like, I'm repassionate again. And then I get excited mm -hmm. about finding a solution. So yeah. I've never thought about a definition because I've always had it. So I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer. Yeah. I will, that's great. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I think a lot of people are either on what you're saying on the other side of just, I don't know, or it's, uh, it's, I've never really thought about it. It's just there. I think if you look up the official definition, it's like, it, it's, it, it gets more emotional, uh, like a, a wild emotion kind of thing. Huh. But where my research ha has taken me and where we really are applying this study and actually taking the imagination as a, a as a technology, as a something to study and something to uh, develop from. We're really taking a new approach to passion, looking at it as the fuel of human energy. And that's where you pr precisely said, there's the good and the evil. It's all there in the past. Like you could be passionate about. So you see why it, it's higher than just black and white or good and bad. It's both of it. So that's how powerful this is and why I felt it was necessary to study it, to research it, because as technology and AI starts to become more prevalent, the currency of humanity is going to be passion because that's what allows us to be creative, to have spirit, to have soul and uniqueness and originality and quality of our work when a lot of work is going to be not needed anymore with a lot of the technological advancements and the loss of purpose in that sense. So I, in that vision, I'm seeing passion as like a new field of study, the field of passion. Oh my God, you're onto something. Yes. And so what my company is developing in terms of our suite of products and services, research studies, which I'm sure I'll talk about more later, but is the servicing of passion. And this is in the vision and we're, it's a lot to build in, in, in an infrastructure 
in a education, but it's really looking at passion on the level of utility, of basic human needs, water, gas, electricity, power. Passion is a basic human need, and it needs to be serviced in the same way that we supply and support water to the infrastructure to millions of houses, the, ele the electricity to power everything, and the supply of it, the support of it, I'm looking at passion as a fuel. And we want to, in the metaphor, clean, train, refine the fuel for the highest performance of human energy. It's the conscious evolution of human energy, what we're talking about here. And that it does, you know, my work spans, it tears down some silos of science and spirituality, but the math checks out. As mad as I am, it, it, that, it, the passion is there. <laughs> it is, and it has, it's never left you. <laughs> and what I, what I, I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat something back to you that you've said, or, but I'm going to repeat it through words that I've been saying, and I want to see if this aligns with you. So I've been talking about the fourth industrial revolution and what's coming with technology for the last yes. three years. Mm -hmm. more people about social media, what's going to happen to it, why you should leave, why you should be focusing on media, be, turning your company into a media-first organization. And the reason is, one, from a practical sense, when media, it automatically gives you multiple revenue streams. There's multiple cap capabilities. And in the future, which is coming really quick. It's really fast. It's not far <laughs> off. It's not, in all honesty, we could really step into the fourth industrial revolution, like as soon as the new year, like it, lit it literally could happen. They're running ads for it on the radio now, like they're talking about it. It's in everyone's face. The technology that we have currently that's operating, we're not, we're, it's not, the on switch is not on yet to activate all this stuff. But anyway, I've been telling people that media is necessary but at the same time, media will not have the same power that it does now. So the power that lies in the hands of a few, those the ABCs, the Disneys of the world, those organizations, I think there's five or six that own all of it. Big media, yep. That's about to be distributed to millions. In other words, that power is going to be distributed into the hands of millions. But at the same time, it's not going to have the same power. But it will also be necessary for humans to operate this way if you want to remain free to create, free to grow, free to earn what you want. The only true independence will come through media. And the reason for that is it allows you to stay ahead of the robots. It's because the people that are controlling all of this, the World Economic Forum, United Nations, mm -hmm. people that are ushering this, in fact, the last two and a half years, if you ask me, has been more about people building their replacements than anything. So anyway, where I'm going with this is this. Knowing media knowledge and where we're going with technology, you're going to have the option to sit in a headset in the metaverse and just waste away. Like you can, you'll have universal income. Your basic needs will be provided for you. You're going to live in a smart city. Everything is going to be monitored. It's going to be a 
a very different life. You can choose that life if you want. That will be available for you. You own nothing and you'll be happy. There is going to be a certain demographic that takes that, but you're also just know will be considered a useless eater because you offer no value to humanity. That's how you'll be seen by the people, the new governors, the new rulers of the world. You'll be seen as that. But if you want to remain free, to create, to be, to have any sense of normalcy, to operate freely in the world, you need to know media because that is the only chance you have of surviving this new economy that we're going into, the new currency, the yeah. new world, all of that. So how far off from what I said is it from what you're talking about? Completely two different languages, but I believe it's the same path. Yeah, the the only kind of precision that I would kind of question there is the word survival, because as you really, and we're, there's an alignment there, don't get me wrong, but it's actually that survival is going to be more or less guaranteed because of the life of the leisure that the abundance is providing. And you have this choice here, but that's the culture shift is the operating system is upgrading. We're no longer going to be in survival of the fittest it, it, because that is no longer necessary or efficient when it's when there's no threats anymore. So that's really the shift in consciousness, I feel, is yeah. it, we're moving away from the survival threats and the fear and the difficulty as technology starts to support everything that you said. Uh, so that's what really is going to be the weird thing because it's no longer about survival anymore. That, and that's, that, that's a wild adjustment, especially as a species closer to animalistic where that was the operating system for centuries. Like hunter and gatherer? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So that old tribal biblical way of doing things will be extinct, in other words. I think it will fall out of favor on an evolutionary level because leisure means, like you said, universal basic income, you don't own anything, Technology is providing all your needs. You're you got everything. There is no more grabbing at a threat of survival to fuel. And this is where I come back to the passion as the fuel because that is a fear based. It is a fear. If you think about fear being particulates in fuel that lower the performance, lower frequency, subtracting that fear out. Now it's no longer about survival, but it becomes about something else at that point, something higher. How, but, okay, so modern convenience and technology, it has, in a way, for religious people, forgive this statement, but Technology and the convenience that it's offered has is distanced man from God, in my opinion. 
because we're not as reliant because everything is at our fingertips now. So we're not, we don't have the downtime. We have constant screams in our face. There's distractions everywhere. And yet at the same time, again, we, there's, we have all of these resources. We have food resources. There's food shelves. Like no one's really going out and hunting and gathering unless if that's kind of your thing to do. It's not mm -hmm. necessary right now. So all of these conveniences have really distanced man's relationship with God, the creator, if that's what you believe, that we were created by a God. And so I find that interesting. And at the same time, these modern conveniences also have a way of eating and taking away your soul. I think about social media. That's a soul suck. I think about the metaverse. That's a soul suck. I think anything that takes your attention and causes you to hyper-focus on it, and that could be Netflix for that matter, it's a soul suck. So I want to ask you, because you're more of an expert about this than I am. Like I'm starting to, my eyes are being opened in ways that I just are blowing. I still don't even know what to think about it. But with these advances in technology that you speak of, and you're speaking of a harmonious future. Hmm. How do you keep your soul in an age of, well, technology? How do you do that? How hmm. is it the passion? Is that what you're talking about? Or is there something else? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I just was feeling that. The this directs me back to conscious evolution because what that invitation represents to me is going from being a passive participant in evolution to being an active participant in evolution and at having an Active role means that you are conscious of your choices. You are conscious of your relationship to whatever it is that you are interacting with. And I, I totally understand and empathize with the kind of the separation that you're painting with nature and technology kind of being further and further apart. But I think that's being driven by fear because I put evolution as the same mountain. Humans and technology are evolving up the same mountaintops together. One is waiting for the other is waiting for the other to be ready. And it's a, collabor a collaboration when you look at it that way. So if you do the, so the red pill, red pill, blue pill thing, if you choose, still want to choose to be unconscious and asleep, you can still be passive, but everything that you said, the dangers, the soul suck, that becomes a reality, a possibility. But when you are consciously choosing to be an active participant to focus on your passion instead of survival, instead of 
ex- anything external it is a, again it's a flip on on it, it's counterintuitive from the old, old world but that puts your focus on your own consciousness it puts your focus on your own <laughs> on your own fuel and then Which, you're asking asking those questions what is soul evolution like there is this possibility of being soul sucked when you're unconscious or passive and you have no power mm-hmm. okay then maybe you should download my manual to imagination technology because you need to learn how to use the mind the imagination the mind instead of it victimizing you instead of it abusing you when you are active you are no no longer choosing to be that victim or passive powerless soul or person and you're focusing on oh what are the just off off the cuff here like what are the themes of my soul what is the soul what is spirit body mind spirit soul i call quantum self these are all the questions that when you take that time and space to focus on which is focusing on your passion then you're actually gr- grabbing the reins you're or i could use a lot of, i'm robin williams with metaphors sometimes you could step into the the helm the pilot seat of your own ship right this is the opportunity here <laughs> that analogy right <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry, man. That just made me laugh. I never mind. <laughs> I don't need to apologize. I think on my Twitter profile, I am a reluctant comedian. I hate it, but I do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So if I can, I'm trying to share my invention, and but also not try to like just explain things, but. Because I think the art and the discovery is magic, but imagination technology is the flow of passion, body, mind, spirit, soul, like looking at it as one flow of energy. Like it's not, you're not, we're not just the body. We're not just the mind. We're something even greater than that. But to take, the time, the space to, and this is what free time that leisure provides, but also you have to maybe create yourself too. If there's a lot of limitations or distractions or dramas that say that you don't have time and it's all an illusion anyway, but where you can be with yourself to ask those bigger questions and be curious to wonder if there is a soul is there an evolutionary process here can you break it down into dimensions the way that i share it is healing freedom and mastery they're different conversations and they're different soul readinesses 
because the language, the conversation about healing is more closer to the body. Mm -hmm. And it is more linear. It's watching the wound scab up and it's a process, right? And, and it, ta it takes time in that sense. But that conversation is different than the conversation of freedom. There, there are different levels of soul evolution or understanding when you really sit with it. They're different conversations because they are different levels of our intelligence playing and growing. And you can't be free until you're healed anyway. Because exactly. you're going to be a victim of yourself or your own thoughts or your own, 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 you'll be a victim of your own trauma constantly. And every time you get on that path where you're ready and you're like, find freedom, then you get scared of your freedom because you're not strong enough to handle your freedom. There is a freedom so about responsibility. I, okay, what you just said has been my spiritual journey. Yes. Because I had my radical experience and I'm still trying to figure out, like, I know it was the spirit that, that this that they had this experience, this transformation thing. I can't, it was supernatural. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the process because the language that I would use to discuss this is slightly changing now, except I don't know what it's changing into. And here's why is because the more research that I've done, and I do a yes. lot because I'm somebody that reads out of the Bible. I love the Bible, but what the more I read the Bible and I read different Bibles, the more I realize these are all different. Like they're saying there's, they say different things. There's different words, but yet it's supposed to be the word of God or inspired by God, but it constantly changes. People keeps changing God's word. I got a problem with that. There's something wrong. There's a disconnect here. It doesn't mean my faith has changed. It's just that it's changing. <laughs> like it's stronger, but I don't know how to label it because I don't want to be categorized into any said thing. Okay. But so anyway, there's the healing process. And so then what I learned was in this healing journey where I'm trying to figure out my identity, stay with me here. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm Please trying to figure out my identity. And so for me, my identity centered around for a long time, like I struggled, struggled with my sexuality. I had a lot of shame there, had a lot of trauma on, around the abuse that I went through and all this. So my identity was screwed up and then having disassociative identity disorder, that made it harder too. So as I heal and I start to figure out, okay, this is who I am. This is who I am. And then I take that step into it. This is who I am. I'm ready. And then I act as this is who I am. And then I do something to align with my identity. And if I'm not healed and then I'm challenged on my identity by someone, then all of a sudden, oh, I'm not that person. And then I go right back to where I was started from, because I start to shame myself. I start to guilt myself. I start to beat myself up about who I am. Mm -hmm. But the difference is when you step into who you are and you just own it and you walk it out and then you take the heat, you take the pushback and you're able to remain in that place of who you are, then you start to recognize now I'm healed. Now I get to walk in freedom.
And freedom teaches you a whole new, another group of lessons. And all, so are we tracking the same place so far? Okay. Now talk to us about step three. So healing, being more free of the body. Freedom then is more kind of in the mind yep. and getting yourself out of the prison cell or the pain palace, as I call it. Or hell. Uh, <laughs> or hell, yeah. uh, the religious language, yes. In the conceptual kind of identity that, oh, wait, the, I'm, not I'm not just the body here in the third dimension. We're talking about a different dimension the, of time being the mind, and that's freedom, which is... instantaneous in its simplicity it is pre presence it is now is where you realize the freedom it's not a process in that sense but mastery and the, a quantum self soul level thing becomes about the sustainability of it the strengthening of it the muscles of your own evolution and the discovery or refinement of your passion in how like in however unique and crafts skills abilities talents supernatural abilities superpowers i think back then I, you saw my comic book mania right the superpower so uh, superpower story so mastery, and there's a reason why I don't, I know it's self-mastery is the kind of conventional way of putting it, but I like to take the self out of it because mastery is when you are aware, like self-aware, oh, I'm not just the body, I'm not just the mind. It's subtracting all that extra identification and then having fun being a, a refiner of energy from a really playful place and uh, and uh, just that refinement like the joy of the precision the refinement in however that expresses itself like i said like it's not about a specific talent or a specific area of mastery it's just the fun of mastery itself in your in the evolution of it yeah i want to ask you something because how we know each other is from the speaking world and yes that going many many, events, many lopez right I, we were in la so there was an event yeah <laughs> okay. yeah not just many but all we were like we that's how we first met and saw each other and then got to know each other from there yeah. and uh, what you're talking about now and what i remember you talking about then it just now gives me this thought of like 
when you're sitting there listening to all those motivational speakers talk about their programs and their courses and their this and their that and their pathway to number one bestseller and blow that bullshit. (laughs) It's all a scam, those bastards. Anyway, and and it's all love. I know you're just doing it because it's your job, but you're all bastards and you lie and you take advantage of people. Most, not, hold on, let me back that. Rewind. Not most of you, but a lot of you. And then a lot of you that are involved in that world, you fell to the same victim scam that most people did. And it's unfortunate. But nonetheless, seeing the world through the lens that you do, that I would imagine that watching this, because like even for me, like I, after getting to tour with a couple of the bigger name speakers and seeing what happened behind the scenes, seeing the deception and seeing this, it's like a parlor trick that goes on every time they tour. It's like they're doing the same thing each and every one that I toured with. But when you see the world through the lens that you do, and then even I do, and that's why I'm not a part of that world anymore. Is it not hard for you just to go, you guys got this all wrong. Like you're thinking about this way too small. This is all trivial bull crap. Like how do you, when you see the world the way that you do, how do you not just walk through life, not just the motivational speaking world, but with most of it and go, this is a waste of time. What are we doing? How do you, how are you, how do you function? Because I would imagine that A, it's very lonely to be you because I think I live on another planet. You're on a planet further away than I am. No, I mean that as a compliment, by the way. But you, you're not, you're, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you to be an alien. Like you are just on a different stratosphere than a lot of other people in the way that you see things. So how do you not just walk through life going, that's bullshit. This is all bullshit. How do you do that? How do you not do that? Yeah. To be, I'm here to be as vulnerable as I can. The it's let me, let me I'm trying to gather my words here. The but I mess you up when I started trash talking the motivational speakers. No, no, because you're bringing up a lot and it, it's it's a lot. I but, saw all those scams. It drives me crazy to this day. I just, yeah. I would say my intake of that in the past was a lot more repressive than overt, like you're expressing. I would turn it around, especially back then, and really feel I I couldn't see it the way you see it. I would always kind of be like, oh man, I look at how much I'm like not good enough. Like I would change, I would turn it around because I didn't see it the way the, the behind the curtain. And, but also there's a heart in me that wants to see the best in, in everyone and a sensitive, empathic, like really golden rule. Mm-hmm. I don't want to treat people in the way that I would want to be treated. So there's, I'm more shame myself than, 
throw it on other. I try, but I, I think most recently as I become aware and like owned the powerful stance that you're expressing from and like the direct <laughs> direct communication that you see it as, it's no longer any fight. It's more just I t tune it out. It's no longer a radio station that I'm actively listening to. And just it doesn't resonate. It, like I just go by what resonates and what doesn't. And I'm not. It's de I definitely turn it way more inward. I get I, I I pressure myself for some reason then that is is how i used to operate and i relate to that 100 percent because i was the, right there with you i mean at that time that we were there yeah trust me, any event that i could have gone to i was going to go i'm just like rapid taking it all in so i understand what you're saying and i felt like i didn't belong either yeah. i'm showing up how i even got access to those events to begin with because i was like when I first got invited, it was right after being homeless. And wow. In, but I, I fell into it because I just so happened to be able to get products, got invited to it was the ESPYs, I think it was, was that the award show I got to be a part of. And then that ESPYs, I met people that got me invited to different events. And then the LA Gala, City Gala, and the daytime Emmys, the Emmy Awards, all of like getting to do all that is what started to give me access. But I fell into that. And like the whole time, I was just the excited to be there guy because I didn't feel like I belonged there. And I didn't feel mm -hmm. like I didn't fit in when people were asking me, like, what's your offer? Do you have an offer? Do you have a sell? No, I just like to serve. <laughs> That's all I would say. I don't want to pitch you. And here's the thing. I didn't know that. Like I knew I was really good at what I did, but I didn't know how to define what my skill set was. I didn't know how to define my gift game. I didn't know how to even tell you what I did. So I was like, I just like to serve. I just like to help people. Not understanding that's not a way to get what you want. And so because of that, I felt myself, like it worked both ways for me. In a way, it gave me access and I learned a lot, but I never got taken serious at the same time because I was just the guy that would show up and volunteer and serve. But what that did for me, the whole time that was going on and feeling rejected and shunned and I don't belong and I don't fit into this group or, and then when I woke up to see the bull crap that was involved, I took all that stuff that I learned, all the negative stuff that I saw and said, when I have that opportunity, I'm not doing that. And this is how I'm gonna do it once I do. Well, I got my first chance when I came to Minnesota, when I was here visiting. And that's slowly, it's been about two and a half years, three year journey of shifting out of that place that we were talking about to then saying, I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. I know what I do now. And I know how I can help you. And I can specify specifically. But that's been a long, that's been a long time since then. But also at the same time, I appreciate your grace and the fact that you're not carrying venom with you. What fuels my passion is rejection, the unworthiness feeling, are people lying, people trying to take advantage of me, 
All that stuff fuels my fire and it injustice fuels my passion as well. And so I do, even though I'm not angry about it, when I start talking about it, I get a little extra pep in my step. Because you fire me up. (laughs) I know how awful that feels. And so I'm thinking about the other people that are looking up to the people on stage and that'll do anything that they say because they are so desperate to to have a breakthrough. They're so desperate to get stuck out of their rut. And so these guys on stage that know how to do NLP and they know how to get into your mind and then get you to pay your last dollar. I'm not going to name names because we know the same people and I'm not going to go there. But I've seen like elderly people get conned into paying for speakers boot camps up $10,000 and things like that when those people are not going to speakers boot camp, nor are they going to brand themselves and pay all the package. And that stuff really burns a hole in me. And that's why when we started our nonprofit media organization, it was to give all of those same things people were selling, give them away for free to those who need it. That's why we did it. Instead of bitching about it, we decided to create a solution, but it still lights a fire in me big time. Yeah, I appreciate that. You didn't need to talk about that for so long. Jeremy, I want to know what this project is. I want you to describe it to us. And because right now it's, it's, it sounds like an idea and it sounds like a concept, but it's gone so much further than that. You have something tangible. You have something that people can use and you have something that is truly making an impact because if it's been five years and again, time escapes me sometimes. I mean, it could have been yesterday for all I know, but I think it was five years ago because it was snowing outside and I it's not snowing in Beverly Hills when we last saw each other. Anyway, but if what you had back then that was not really even finished, it was still an idea and inching towards having something to show. If what you had then was enough to have a huge impact on me, what you have now has got to be unbelievable. And now you've got a team. Yeah. You've got a, I mean, you've got you're organized now. So tell everybody yes. about what you have and how it will benefit them. <laughs> so depending on entry point Everything is directed towards my invention and our imagination technology and the ability to demo. Because as you've powerfully said, it's new, it's innovative, it's not comparable to anything existing. You're not so, finding it on Amazon.com, in other words. No, no. <laughs> so, no, absolutely not. so we felt it very important that we make it accessible and treating it like any other kind of tech or software product where we want to give you 30 days a full demo to try it 
to try it and to interact and use everything that we've built. Wow. And the experience is onboarding you into all of the tools and the imagination technology, the secret to consciously evolve faster, giving you everything that you need to play with it. Is it an app? Is it something that you yes. use on your computer? Both. Yeah. Oh, it's both. Okay. Both. Yep. Yep. So we give you the keys to the utility and it's, again, it's inviting you. It's interesting to, to, to communicate it because it's not, I'm not promising. It's not any sales tactic of here's the results we're going to promise. And here's what you're going to get. It's not that language because what it's really doing is Here's an opportunity to be an active participant in your own evolution. And so getting through your... the work. It's almost, okay, to get, hold on, let me stop and try to explain this to the audience. Because if they're going to, what the hell is it still? Please, yeah. It's almost, people have a Bible. The Bible just sitting there on your desk is not going to do a lot of good, but if you are in the Bible and you're reading it, you're applying its lessons to your life. You're like, now you're using it, you're co-creating together. So in the same respect, your app is a tool that's there. If you don't use it, you're not going to get benefits from it. But if you are using it, you are an active participant in your own greatness, your own growth, then this tool is going to do what it's designed to do. But if you don't, then you don't. That's right. your choice. Exactly. 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 Yeah. And if I can paint another metaphor to like, because this is an invention, an invention that is new to this planet. So everyone in their house has the outlet on their wall, the three... I'm sure there's a technical name that I don't know, but the three-pronged electric outlet on the wall. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Everyone's got it, and we know we have the same plug. We plug it in. We can power our devices. I think the best metaphor here is I've designed a new type of outlet between you, our customer, and our business and our technology. And it takes it. I'm a fan of cinema in the sense of this is not about instant gratification. It's not, I want to take you on a, an experience. Like this is art as much as it is science to me. In, in, in the sense of what passion is. So it is some it's going to take some time to be trained on something completely brand new and a tool that you've never used before. So think about it like that. This is a brand new kind of electricity outlet utility that you need to take it and almost like I'm going to give you a 3D printed kind of 
way of understanding this. You're going to take it and then be able to plug in between you and our business and start to receive passion, the highest quality passion on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. But it's supply as any utility. We're supplying you passion, but you have to have the reception to receive our supply and then support the little ways that we can help you get it clean, trained and refined and all the services that we have in that vein. But it's kind of, it's an invention. It's a new outlet between our customers and our business and in our invention. Fair enough. Dude, I could talk to you for hours. We'll have to do this again. Please. Yeah. What are you doing for the holiday? What am I? I, Nothing. I just got back from a lot of traveling. So I'll just be here hanging with family. I like low key. So it's good. Are you still in California? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. El Segundo. I miss it. We have so much snow right now. We're about to have another blizzard. We have eight inches of snow outside of our house. We're about to get more, and it's negative seven degrees outside. It's, I miss home. <laughs> I want to, I'm, like, I'm ready to come back to LA now. Yeah. My man, I'm, it's so good to connect again. And I was so excited when I saw your name on Matchmaker. It's not a dating site, the podcast, it's a podcast site. And on FM. <laughs> I, I was like, please do it. He's doing interviews now. Uh, I was so excited because I knew for me that meant that you've grown from the place that we were both at and the timing of this conversation was right on too. And I'm just, I'm really excited to see that you're still pursuing, that you're still following the same path that you envisioned and that you saw and you fought through all of the adversity that now that you have a team and like you're organized and you have it all together, it's like, as far not that you didn't then, but dude, you've grown and it's cool, cool, cool to see. So yeah, goes to you. Tell everybody where they can follow you. They support you, your website, lay it all out there for them. Yeah. So our website is universalimagination.org. And there they can get the whole story, get the whole cinema of the research and development and everything that we're building. I, oh, I wanted to make sure I mentioned, we are going to, in next year, we're going to be doing a research study specifically on health. It's going to be the biggest one that we've ever done in, like you said, in an organized fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be the first of, of many of actually having a focus and really researching in in a much more yeah like you say organized organized way rather than mad scientist on his own lone wolf kind of thing. <laughs> so if you or anyone that you know wants to do something on on behalf of first the capabilities of your own healing in whatever it is that you are experiencing from a a 
totally new <laughs> like approach that you've experienced in 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 back then in your in that way so if on behalf of that and then on behalf of what the data will provide in in a humanity sense in terms of the data that we're using for everything else so it's like that dual purpose amazingness and then the magic and miracles and what lights me up is I don't want to know what's going to happen. That's why I don't like to be results-based in, in, in promises and that. My excitement is the discovery. It's the unknown. And we support you to create the unimaginable. And so that's what lights me up is the research, is the what is going to happen. We don't know. But if you want to be a part of that, it is also on our website or connect with me and you can apply there. Awesome. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you, man. Have a blessed holiday. And I'll oh, you too. I'll talk to you again. All right. Bye.